Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah. This is your host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am actually not in Studio A. I'm not in Studio B. I'm in the land of Israel on the mountains of Ephraim on Mount Gerizim at Highville headquarters, and I have the distinct honor and privilege of sitting down today with Mr. Tommy Waller, the president and founder of Highville. How's it going, Mr. Tommy? Oh, it's going great. Thank you for letting me be here. I don't know if I should say that. I guess thank you for you being here. You know, yeah. like, that's, that's what I should say. You know, it's funny. Um, when After we went and saw uh, Ari this week, which, uh, by the way, that's a little precursor. We're going to get into some of the stuff we did this week. But uh, after we saw Ari this week, I love the interaction with uh, Mr. Ari Bramowitz when we went to his farm and, and worked over there. Because I felt like by the end of it, we couldn't figure out who was more blessed by the interaction, right? It was like, no, I'm more blessed. No, I'm more blessed. Yeah. Because obviously we're doing stuff on his farm and all that. So those are good interactions, you know? Yeah, I can see that with Ari. You're, you're always going to argue with him about who's blessed. <laughs> right. If he's blessed more than you are. Yeah, you know. yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously uh, you guys can hear it. Uh, we're here at Hayavel. Uh, this is the, the first podcast I'm doing from the land. So I'm very excited to be here. It's my first time to the land. And um, I'll just tell you guys what, the, the land is good. I'll let you guys know that out of the gate. Uh, I came here as a spy, and uh, it is amazing being here. And uh, it's amazing being here specifically at Hyavel. We do have some rain coming down. The blessings of Israel are falling on us right now. So if you hear a little bit of noise in the background, that's what that is. Uh, but uh, Mr. Tommy, so... Tell me about Hayavel. Tell me uh, what you guys do here. Um, what is the the mission of Hayavel? Well, that's uh, we've got three hours, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we take as yeah. much time as we need right. to, right? No, that you can ask my guys. That's dangerous to say. <laughs> take as much time as you need to. They, they're all all my children are going. No, don't, no, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do that. <laughs> He's going to go on. You're going to give him the liberty now. Um, no, you know, the, I think, uh, for me, the, uh, the mission, the, the vision of Hayavel has taken on uh, a lot more meaning since obviously, uh, over the last 15 years, we, since we first got here, um, when I came here, I wasn't looking for a, I wasn't looking for something to do. I wasn't looking for a, a ministry. I wasn't looking for anything. It's just that God uh, put this in front of me, and I said a big wow. Yeah. You know, a big wow. And um, and really, did, I don't think it, we, any of us, especially me, knew uh, what we were, what we had just run into uh, because the the scriptures were validated in a big way even in that moment was validated. Um, scriptures all of a sudden became, you know, they, they came together. Um, they became one. It's not the, 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 uh, the, 
that blank piece of paper between the old and the new Testament just disappeared all of a sudden. Yeah. And, uh, I realized that the characters and the people that made up the new Testament, including Yeshua, especially Yeshua, um, was, uh, lived and breathed. You know, Yeshua said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by as a quote from the Torah, uh, it's not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so I realized that that was their sustenance. You know, this is the, the literally the food that they were eating was from the Tanakh, which I had, you know, grown up in a Baptist church and my grandfather was a Baptist pastor. Um, we had uh, actually delegitimized, if I can say that, um, the, the, the actual breathed word of God. That was our, you know, that was what we did. That, that's the kind of thing that we, um, you know, we, we preached every, every Sunday. You know, we were validating as if we could validate the New Testament. Uh, and, I, and I was realizing that the, what happened to me here, even at that moment, you know, 15 years ago, when I stood in this vineyard here in Harbor Ka, was that all of a sudden the, the New Testament had more validity more credibility mm. and uh, uh, and and it wasn't until I understood the power of the Tanakh the power of the you know what most people call the Old Testament the the, the legitimacy and the power of God's word uh, the spoken word and the word from the prophets uh, Yeshua has spent many uh, several um, parables talking about and even uh, several uh, you know, rebukes saying, you know, listen to Moses and the prophets. And we did, we've done everything we could, at least in, in my religious circles to do just the opposite of that. Sure. Well, yeah. mine, mine too. Yeah. I mean, I grew up and that, that way crazy. Well. I mean, yeah. I, what, what, what were we thinking? What, what, what could we think that we could possibly accomplish by doing the opposite? You know, when we're writing a book, we're, we're footnoting and we're we're, we're giving uh, the, uh, the you know credibility by referencing other books that we got the information from. Yeah, you and know, so, yeah. Zach was talking the other day and said, um, uh, Zach Waller, your son, right? Obviously, yeah. Um, was talking the other day and mentioned that, you know, it it's possible to understand. You know, we can give them a little bit of grace on on these things only because the state of Israel didn't exist. Uh, in its present form today, right? That that it was a barren wasteland for thousands of years. And so and for them, they're like, well, obviously it can't be this. So we had to come up with some mental gymnastics <laughs> to make the word of God true in some form or fashion, right? To come up with some alternate reality rather than just believe it for what it says, read it, right? We have a saying at Beit Tehillah, keep reading, right? Because how many times do we read, you know, right. set of scripture, and then for some reason we stop it at like a cliff or something and, right. and right after it is the answer to all the questions, right. Or, yeah. or whatever. And yeah. I think that goes along right with what you're saying that, well, if you just read it, you would have understood that it's you know right. this or that, or. Yeah. There's a, there's a passage in Luke chapter, uh, nine, or ch- chapter 10, actually, actually, uh, where, um, he's, Yeshua is, is having his confrontation with the, with the, with the, um, uh, with the Samaritans here, actually it's in chapter nine in verse 51. And I always like, I like this verse because 
um, because it says here that uh, when the disciples uh, in verse 54 it says when the when his disciples James and John saw this they said Lord do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did and we could take that verse just out of context you know just take that verse and say there it is our validity to call fire down from heaven on you know our, our church our people we don't <laughs> like uh, we can do it, but we but we really need to read. How many think you know listening to this podcast? It would be good to read the rest of that uh, rest of that verse. I know? agree. I agree. Yeah. So, um, and you know that that's that's kind of where we're at. We we're, we're zoning in on those verses that you know really come out that are that are really that explode, and then we never look at anything before or after it, and even we don't even look in the center column. You know, mm-hmm. the, a lot of times. I tell people sometimes our our best presentation is to get somebody in with their Bibles open, yeah, and say, you know, look at the center column. Where did the Where did the writer here? Where does your, you know, the guy that wrote your Bible that translated your Bible, where did he get the information, or what does he say that verse came from? Yeah, and you so you look at the center column and you see that it came from Isaiah, or it came from you know the quote from Joel, or it came from you know Moses. So, and then you're going, wait a minute, let's go look at that verse. So you're, you're taking his center column in the New Testament and you're going to the, to the verse and you're walking him through how to use his own Bible to validate the scriptures. Yeah, because I guess if you really think about it, when any time in the New Testament where they reference scripture, they're talking about not what they're writing at that moment, right? They're talking about something prior, right? So right. it's got to be the Tanakh, right? The, the, the Torah, the writings, the prophets, or something along those lines. Right. right. So obviously we're, 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 I think we're headed in the direction of figuring out what is the mission of Hayavel, right? right? Yeah. And keep us on track here. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah. So if we're, we're trying to figure out what the mission of Hayavel is, um, obviously looking at the Bible and being in the land, right? Taking it for what it is. And so what is the conclusion that Hayavel comes to and the action that Hayavel takes in order to fulfill yeah. that conclusion. Well, I think first of all, as far as what, what we're here to accomplish is to, is to one is to, you know, to have the same experience that I had when I came here, you know, that, that to recognize, first of all, to recognize what's going on. Sure. Um, there are, sadly, there are thousands of people that come here, thousands upon thousands of people come here and walk away from Israel and never see anything. They just kind of, like I've done that. Uh, next year, let's go to India. You know? <laughs> let's go to, let's go to wherever. Yeah. Um, you know, and the reality is, is that, um, as I've, I say here a lot, that God is moving. And if we say, for example, that 1967 was a miracle, mm-hmm. that a war in the Six Day War was a miracle. Uh, what? Why would we say it's a miracle? One is we say it's a miracle because. It was one in six days. Right. And every Arab nation surrounding Israel was coming against the tiny nation of Israel. Much bigger, much more. It was a Maccabee war. Sure. It was a Hanukkah war. And we celebrated. Here in Israel, we celebrated. So what was it a miracle? And the answer, if the answer is yes, then it's what, what kind of miracle is it? Was it just some kind of fluke miracle or what, it, what is a miracle? Yeah. You know, was it from God? Uh, I think we have to recognize that it was from God and God was saying, I'm going to give you this land back. 
I'm going to, I'm going to give you the, um, uh, the, what I promised. And here it is. And so what happened? The first thing we did was we didn't recognize it. And Yeshua, we see that. Uh, we see that again in, in the Gospel of Luke where Yeshua is looking over the Jerusalem and he says, and he at the end of it, you know, it's one of those things where I would have lo- I w- longed to, to take you in. I wanted you, I didn't want to see your destruction. I didn't want to see you in the shape. Uh, I wanted to see you, your redemption. Uh, but you didn't know the time of your visitation. Mm. And that's a hard word. I mean, that imagine is. that we are, so what does that mean to us? And, and I think for Hayyavel, uh, getting into the 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 uh, the seriousness of what Hayyavel is about, you know, some people say, "Well, we're we're over here picking grapes, we're over here cutting vines, or we're over here doing this." No, we're we're here in a very solid way to recognize a move, like a move that God Himself is doing. Yeah, you know, it, what's what I would say. So from the outside looking in, right? When I look at you guys, I see me from the nations, and I see someone doing a good job of representing me from the nations, right? I I love Israel. I love the Jewish people. I want to support the Jewish people. I want somebody to help me facilitate a way that I can come and tangibly express that part of my faith, right? That I can, I can come and serve and do those things. And to have a place like Hayavel that checks all those boxes, right? And says, Hey, we're, we have, uh, we're aligned with your value system of loving and supporting the Jewish people and loving and supporting the land and wanting to see the restoration of the land and wanting to see the Jewish people thrive in the land, right? I mean, because, you know, I believe the promises of God are true, right? I've, I've read Genesis 12 and Genesis 15, and I know we were just talking about this a second ago. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times. And, and I connect those to the seed of Abraham in, in Galatians, right? And you connect those together. But if the promises of God are not true to the Jewish people, what chance do I have of, of, of tagging along. Cause literally I'm tagging along on those promises, right? I mean, I'm, I'm attaching myself as somebody from the nations to them. And in my position, um, my job would just be to be humble and come and serve. How, how can I help? You guys are working hard to get this done. How can, how can I help? Right. And so obviously that's when I look at Hyvel, that's what I see is a, a facilitation of, of a way for people like me to, to come and do that. Right. I mean, the, the, the whole, if you look at the whole story of the scriptures, uh, it's about God showing himself in Israel and through Israel. Mm. And then the, the, then the nation's response to that. It's never a Israel's going to uh, envelop or, or somehow take form outside of the place, uh, the, the, the specific place that he chose from the very beginning. Because it it, it 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 changes everything because it, it actually confuses things. It's kind of like uh, the way that we we created. We've talked about this before several times, but but how we created a, a, a Jerusalem or a temple. Yeah. In you know, I say there's a thousand temples in St. Louis. Yeah. So there's a thousand temples in St. Louis. Now, in every one of those temples. We, we may call it a church, we may call it the house of God, or we may call it a you know, meeting, but whatever we call it. But that's where God is to us. Sure. But what we created is is uh, really a uh, the scattering. You know, mm. Yeshua says, I've come, he, he's come to gather, not to scatter. He says, he who, who if you're not gathering, yeah. you're scattering. You're scattering, yeah. yeah. So that's what, that's what actually the church did. So we, we scattered a thousand different temples 
uh, all over the world, thousands and thousands, you know, of temples all over the world, and said this is where God is. And then we say that Yeshua says this is going to be a house of prayer for all nations. Or welcome to the house of prayer. Welcome to this house of prayer, and we're using that in reference to a house of prayer for all nations. So what we what we do is we, you know, in essence, we, we're we're weakening the body. Yeah. Weakening. It's it, because if you if you took me and you divided me up into into a thousand pieces, one I'll be dead. <laughs> right. But but to say let's just say you start taking off just little pieces at a time, you know. Uh, I'm going to get weaker and weaker and weaker, and the parts are not going to come together. And I mean, that's a terrible example, but anyway, I, it's it's it, you understand what I'm saying. I do. Yeah, you're you're dividing this thing. You're not together. A house is not. It's not put together. It's not. It's not uh, built on a solid foundation. So we're we're um, it's divided, and if it's divided, Yeshua said it, it will what? It will fall. You know, and, and even just that verse that if you're not gathering, you're scattering. I mean, it just realizes in this conversation, just if, even if you're just complacent to it. Yeah. So he's, yeah. he didn't say you're, if you're, you don't have to be doing an affirmative action or a, a, a you know, a willful action of trying to scatter people. Just your, your complacency or your lack of gathering people is, is scattering because essentially what we've done, right, is we're not gathering in the right place. So then what are we doing? We're, we're creating a, a place here and a place right. there. And I think that in general, the church would call that multiplication, but I don't know. I don't know that that's a correct perspective um, on it. Right. Because yeah, just because we have more churches and more places, uh, if they're not pointed towards Jerusalem, right. Right. Like our sanctuary at, at Beit Tehillah, it points East. Right. So yeah. when, when we sit there, when we pray and, and we even have this projector where we put a picture of Jerusalem <laughs> up on the wall, you know, there you so, go. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's things, there's the little things that we can do, right. Right. Um, to, to point ourselves towards Jerusalem, but at the end of the day, right. Jerusalem's the place, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you think about it. I mean, the, the Jewish people, um, Christianity left that position for the most part, you know, the Jewish people kept it. It was what was, what kept their identity, identity. The, you know, I was at a, a museum in, in Tel Aviv. And I saw for the first time this quote, and, it, and I've seen it several times since then, years ago. Uh, but it, it says that the, uh, it had this picture of a, a Shabbat scene, you know, back in the 1200s or whatever. And, um, you know, in a house in, in a Jewish home back in, in Europe. And I'm saying, and underneath it, it said that the, 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 the Jews didn't keep Shabbat, but Shabbat kept the Jewish people. Oh, wow. And so the, the, in essence, the scriptures really kept the identity where we were saying the Sabbath is done away with or every, everything that would identify because the scriptures, what does it say that we, uh, that uh, the Shabbat is what a sign between who, between me, who's me, God and you. Right. And yet we're saying all of those identity markers are gone. Yeah, they're gone. So the Jews kept those identity markers. Mm -hmm. They kept the identity markers and they were, and it kept them together where we were embracing the things that were keeping us separated, were actually dividing us. And it was, uh, it was, ter- it's, it was uh, a terrible thing. I was looking here in John chapter six and it says here, just to kind of, a lot of times we, we end up um, kind of overlooking some of these scriptures, but it, it really gives you a place of where 
the zeal that the Jewish people had uh, and wanting to see this messianic um, this messianic narrative happen, this story was unfolding, they felt like, before their eyes because this was the one. Uh, it says in verse 15, it says uh, in chapter 6, it says, Therefore, when Yeshua perceived that they were about to come and, t- come and take him by force to make him king, he departed to the mountain by himself alone. And uh, so I, I just I look at that verse and I'm saying, imagine being in a place, it, being in, a, in a, um, uh, an environment where the, the multitudes of people around him were about to take him and make him king by force. Now, um, this, this is totally an opposite thing that's really happening. So today, let's just take that to today's uh, a scenario today. Um, how many of us uh, are going to church or going to our, our, our place of worship? And we are driven, because the way this is written here is that there's a, a mob about to go here because they wanted it yeah. badly. They wanted the kingdom of God in, a, in, a, in the most fierce way. And so I, I, what I see a lot of times is that we try to work things up in a, in a, maybe in our church environment or we try to work our worship or we try to pray harder or we try to, we try to do these things. But really is our is our focus on the focus that Yeshua was motivating because why were they wanting to make him king by force? They were wanting to make him king by force because he was preaching a solid word on the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, that, that was, he was motivated. He was stirring something up in them that the Holy prophets had been talking about. Yeah. And so they, they knew that he was going to be the king. And so that, that's, that's the, the, the focus that they were. So, you know, kind of getting back to what Haivel is. Haivel, what what I what I see Haivel now, fifteen years later, is getting the is a is an organization that's not out there trying to fight Arabs or trying to fight. You know what we what we've got to do is 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 desire the king to establish his kingdom. And you know, with everything that we with everything that we have. That reminds me of uh, a verse, the first words of, that Yeshua recorded saying uh, by Mark uh, is this. And this was interesting because when there's a, there's two things that when I was a Christian, right? I always pondered that they were like in in the clouds somewhere. They were academic and 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 how do you grasp them? How do you understand them? Are they tangible, right? One of those was the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. Well, what does that mean, right? The kingdom of God is at hand. And then the second thing was your identity in Christ, right? But here's what Yeshua says in Mark 1, 15. He says, in saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Yeah. So what he's saying is that the gospel is that the kingdom of God is at hand. There's a king and a kingdom. Right. And, and, and oh, what is a kingdom? It's a place. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. Wait a minute. He was saying this before he died and resurrected and because oh absolutely yeah the gospel was actually being preached before before that so that's, th- that's exactly an right. odd uh, odd thing there yeah, in 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 the christian circles um the gospel was all about the kingdom there was no um somebody asked me at one time and this is very controversial um uh, but and but i think we can tackle it here but they asked me said tommy you know 
sadly, whenever you delve into Jewish things, something that smells Jewish or something that, that, uh, you know, when you start talking about Yeshua as a Jewish Messiah or Israel, you know, in any context, you're going to run into an anti-Semitic um, opposition. Uh, it's sad, but you're going to run into that. And, and so this guy, this, this guy was asking me, he says, what part of the Apostles' Creed do you not agree with? That was, you know, I was like, oh, I'm getting set up here. Um, <laughs> I told him, I said, you know, there's, there's really, I mean, if you read the Apostles' Creed, there, there's really nothing you can disagree with. But there's some very serious things that we have to, uh, that's, that's, that we have to recognize that's not in there. And this is the, the, um, the idea that the Messiah has to be recognized or that the gospel has, the, the presentation of the gospel has in its, in its foundation a, uh, an understanding of who Israel is, the purpose of Israel, the purpose of the, of the, uh, the throne of David, mm-hmm. and the purpose for the divine presence in Jerusalem of God himself. Because the, the actual belief in the, in the Jewish community, because over here you would think these guys in a harbor car are all messianic, in our, in our definition of messianic, because they're praying for the Messiah to come. Uh, three times a day, they're praying for the one who sits on the throne of David to come. And we know that the angel said to Mary, the one in you, Mary, is going to sit on the throne of David, is going to rule over the house of Israel. Uh, we, we read that a lot, especially one particular time of year. We read that scripture. Uh, but it never has sunk in that that's a real place. To the Jews, it's a real place it's called Jerusalem. Uh, it's called the Temple Mount. And so what we don't see, what happened in the, in the Apostles' Creed or the New Gospel, because actually if you go to the witnessing class, um, down at the whatever denominational church, you're going to see the you're going to see that Apostles' Creed mixed into the the elevator speech for the presentation of the gospel. Right, and it has it's not going to mention anything that the angel mentioned. It's not going to mention anything about Jerusalem, which we know that Yeshua was weeping over. He was passionate about. He said, "This house is going to be a house of prayer for all nations." To Yeshua, that was very important. Uh, an integral, a a a, a uh, important piece, not just a a um, you know not just a you know maybe piece or a you know well you can you can have that that belief or you can have that belief. No, this was an integral part. The the promise to Abraham is as as Paul is saying in Galatians was was it. This was, this was part of the gospel. God spoke the gospel to Abraham. So the, what we have to be careful of is that that's the horrible reality of the replacement theology that's so like uh, right in front of us in the Apostles' Creed because nothing to do with Jerusalem, nothing to do with the throne of David, nothing to do with the divine presence of God that's going to come. But, you know, in most of our theologies, we would understand that there's going to be a thousand-year reign. But why? Because the New Testament actually talks about a thousand-year reign in Jerusalem. And who's going to be there? Our Messiah. Yeah. Our Messiah is going to be there. You know, there's a, there's a lot of things. You know, transparency, we have listeners that are getting into their Hebrew roots, right? So they're they're finding Torah. The, you know, obviously, our podcast is called Christians with Torah. Because right. for us, Hebrew roots is too complicated. It's associated with too much stuff. 
So we wanted to just bear it down real simple. Right. We're Christians. We believe in Yeshua. We, 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 we believe in, you know, foundational, you know, doctrines of truth, right? Who Yeshua is uh, and of those pieces. And we add on with Torah because, well, why do we add with Torah? Because, well, the rest of Christendom is, for the most part, is missing Torah, right? And, and with that comes that, oh, by the way, we recognize the sins of Jeroboam. We recognize these pieces that we're trying to say, hey, we're, we're disassociating ourselves with those, and albeit even repenting for those, um, whether we were the ones that, that committed those, those um, you know, sins or not. But I would tell our listeners, the ones that are listening, he's mentioning anti-Semitism, and I think that the average church-going person hears those words and is like, well, that's not me. I don't relate to that. Well, I can tell you that even today, even me, I still deal with some level of anti-Semitism, whether it's, oh, well, the Jews don't know what they're talking about when it comes to some specific doctrine or whatever, whatever prejudice it is, right? And I think that if we don't recognize it for what it is, then we can't improve on it and we can't, we can't figure out, well, hey, wh- wh- why do I have these, uh, these feelings? What is it? You know, The idea that the Torah is done away with is an anti-Semitic idea in and of itself, right? Because, right. oh, by the way, uh, Yeshua... He wasn't Jewish. He is Jewish. He's alive today. He's our king. Oh, by the way, he's going to return. And if I were to say, you're mentioning the kingdom and the gospel, right? And the gospel of the, the kingdom of God is at hand. Our government in America, I mean, come on, right? The government anywhere. People talk about even the government in Israel or in any country in the world complaining about their government. Can you imagine having the perfect government? Can you imagine having a, a perfect king whose decisions are righteous and fair? Who, hey, who, who the, 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 owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the roads and the bridges get taken care of. Housing is not a problem anymore. Like all of these things. I mean, like I could almost get teared up thinking about the amazement that, that I would have in a government established by the king of the universe who created everything. Yeah. It's, and so to me, that's, if that doesn't get you excited yeah. and then no, no, oh, by the way, the capital city is Jerusalem. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. if you don't start getting an idea, hey, this is why this place is important. And what, what I think that God wants from us, and I think what, what I'm getting from what you've said over the past week, is that we need to be looking to that place and caring for it. You, we need to be, be getting it ready because if, if we're not getting it ready, why would he come? You know, I mean, do you, right. you have the saying at Bait the Heal, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated, you know? <sighs> We would probably, in Christendom as a whole, just tolerate a Jewish Messiah coming, right? right. Yeah, yeah. Would we celebrate it? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I have. Well, questions. we're going to feel uncomfortable. What well, we're setting ourselves up to be sure. very uncomfortable with the with the Jewish Messiah. Uh, one is, and and you'll laugh when I say this, but you know, the idea. You know, and I'm not going to say probable, but it could be probable idea that that Yeshua is going to come back and say, we need to separate milk and meat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know where you're going, but now, I, yeah. now I so, appreciate it. So now, you know, what, what if he does, yeah. what are you going to do? You're going to say, is that going to be, because what the danger is, is, is that we're going to, and there's probably some people hanging up on the podcast right now, <laughs> <clears throat> but the, the reality is, is that um, because this could alter because, because in Christianity we have this problem because we 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 we've got the idea we understand to be truth is that there's going to be a false messiah, right? And there's going to be there's going to be the real messiah and there's going to be a false messiah. So, um, 
we which, believe which, which one separates yeah, which milk one and meat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are we gonna do? If we we're gonna be a little bit confused about that because he's yeah. gonna get, he's gonna be uh, uh, teaching Torah to us, and and we're gonna all of a sudden. But we we've, we've actually set ourselves up because now we we're holding so fast. Um, we would hope that it would be obvious that the the lawless one who's described uh, Paul describes to us uh, is going to be really simple. Uh, is, as soon as he, you know, lays the pig out there for the barbecue, we're going to go, nah, nah, it's not going to be. I hope it's that easy. Well, for him to lay a pig on the barbecue, yeah. the precursor to that would be that there's a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. means there's a temple to hold the barbecue in. Yeah. Which yeah, would be exciting true. in Yeah, that would be exciting that because he's, he's, he actually is believing that he is God in the temple of God. And there's two things that there's, there's one wrong there, but there's also one right. And that Paul's uh, declaring that in this future time that they actually will be a temple of God. And everybody needs to say that there is a temple of God. It's a desecrated temple of God, but it is the temple of God. So well, in order for it to be desecrated, it must first be holy. Yeah. So yeah, you can't desecrate something that's already correct. desecrated. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, and that, and that's a, that's a critical thing. Um, but, but I think that that's, you know, you're on to a, um, you know, the reality of most, I think most congregations is just trying to get there. And what we what we're going back to is this place where, what is how purpose? And that is to get people excited about, uh, the move of God, you know, yeah. our forefathers never had, never saw what we saw. Mm-hmm. And 2000 years ago, there were generations that never saw um, you know, didn't, didn't know what the Messiah looked like. It didn't know, uh, what, you know, the, that experience that so many were having at that moment and why they were so excited about it. We need to get that same intensity. You know, we, we need to go back into our congregations and bet Tehillah never can be satisfied in, in just being, you know, at status quo. Yeah. Okay. This is what we do every week. We like doing the same thing every week. Um, and, and, and that's just part of our human nature to mm-hmm. do that. But, but there are some things that pull us out of that, uh, out of that. And that is the hope when something is uh, something we hope for. If the, you know, God forbid the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ever go to the Super Bowl, Uh, but if they did, <laughs> uh, there may be some people in Beth Tehillah not showing up for, for meeting that day. You yeah. know, I don't know, but but they're going to be excited about this like crazy thing that happened that the, you know, that their sports team is in the, in the and all of a sudden there's something welling up inside of them. Yeah. Uh, God built us to be excited about things. He, he built us to be, but he wanted us. He, the, the holiness of that is that we would be excited about his kingdom being restored. And that's what we're, and that's what we're seeing. God is showing himself on the earth today. He's showing himself uh, in a in a in a very vivid way, right now, and so we have this opportunity to be able to to express that, to hope for that, to long for that, and it should be part of our 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 you know the 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 the, the thing that we do when we come to a congregation every week. We should be talking about it. Can you imagine that these people who were trying to going to force Yeshua to be king um, that every day, every minute, what their conversation was. You know, the, the way you're talking, it reminds me of, um, I did an interview with Braden and Tally um, 
uh, for those of you, Braden Waller is, is Mr. Tommy's son, his oldest son, and uh, Tally's his wife, and they um, have a, a, a ministry called Love and Purity, and uh, they talk about betrothal. And, and at Beit Tehila, we, we practice betrothal. It is the official way that we help young people find a mate at Beit Tehila is through the betrothal process, um, and we're, we're major advocates for it, and we believe in it, um, especially uh, those of us that didn't have the opportunity to do it that way. And so one of the, the cool things about what you're saying is that after all of the, the pieces of the puzzle, right, of, of, of don't do this before you get married, don't do that, right? The picture is of a yearning for Messiah, yeah, for the bridegroom. Beautiful, beautiful picture. And it is a, a beautiful picture, right? And The most beautiful. And so when we go to, to, to service... What about our service is getting us to yearn or to prepare for Messiah, right? I mean, what, what is it that we're doing? And I think that that is a, is a question. Hey, if every vision statement should have a, we're yearning for the return of Messiah, and here's how we prepare for the return. Oh, by the way, he's coming to the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. He's probably going to walk his way over to the Temple Mount, if I were to guess. You know, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not a betting man, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm thinking the reason he's going there is because then yeah. he's... Quick, right. quick entry, right? Yeah, that's what his father's house is, is anyway. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the, the, um, you're right. The, the, the yearning, the heart yearning for our Messiah is, is, is going to be, you know, right wrapped up in that mer- in that bridal paradigm, mm-hmm. because that's our, um, you know, we always talk about our, you know, Braden when he was pursuing Tally. You know, he actually cared about what he looked like. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. He he uh, he he was uh, cleaner. He smelled better. <laughs> he was more righteous. Yeah, want to do that. You know, the one thing I think we miss sometimes uh, because the the Torah is is obviously something that we have desecrated for so long. But and there's a big but because it gives us an understanding to understand where Paul was kind of screaming about is that if we don't have if we're pursuing. Uh, if Braden was just pursuing Tally's rules, uh, Tally wouldn't feel pursued. Yeah. Um, and her, what she, you know, and he, and he knew and she knew that he was just trying to do it uh, because in some, as we like to use a lot, the, in some legalistic matter, right. manner. And so the, the, the idea of him, say, she liked flowers, you know, every Shabbat, and he's, you know, giving the Shabbat, I mean, giving coming to Shabbat with the flowers and just throwing them on the table and say, "Here, you know, I got them," <laughs> and then she gets upset because he she and he, he goes, "What are you mad about? I just did it, you know. Yeah, I, I got you flowers, you know. Right. What's 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 so what's the problem?" And you can almost hear uh, husbands and wives fighting like that. In the, yeah, you know, even as I do that, um, you can't do that. No, you got to love God with all our hearts. With Amen. all that's what Yeshua said: love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself, all the Torah is on that thing. So if we're not pursuing God, mm-hmm. uh, we, we can't start another replacement theology. Right. Because that's what the Torah movement has done. And it's in a worse way is to create what we started this conversation out with, yeah. is to create that Jerusalem, that place where I'm going to keep Torah. But as Rabbi Muhammad says here, and it really gave me this kind of like, wow, uh, epiphany where my mind just kind of exploded when he said, Tommy, everything is rehearsal. 
Until the Messiah comes, everything is rehearsal. That's I mean, we were just talking about that with calendar issues. Yeah. You know, within the the Hebrew roots movement, there's calendar issues, right? But we just got to show up at the same place at the same time yeah. to honor God and do something for the kingdom. Amen. But the re- rehearsal is important, right? That's what it's I mean. Got to right. be you got to be excited about. It. You know, right. oh, it's just rehearsal. It's no, not right, important. Right, right. No, do rehearsal is. Oh man, if you don't do rehearsal right, why do you have a wedding rehearsal? Yeah. It's because oh, yeah. you want to get the wedding. You want to get the wedding down. You're not just you know goofing off at the wedding rehearsal. You want to get. I mean, we have some fun there, maybe. But you're really wanting to get that down because the next day or the next couple of days, within the next couple of days, there's going yeah. to be a wedding. Yeah, you got to get it right. You know, it sounds to me um, that I think we've discovered that that Highvale is trying to show the world, especially the believing world, the importance of the land and the importance of Jerusalem to the believer. And that uh, we should not only be thinking about how great the land is and how important the land is, but we should be in some way, shape, or form finding a way that we can participate in the restoration of the land. And so I think that's, that's super important. With that being said, there's some current events <laughs> that have recently come up. Um, you know, the, the, the Demi Messiah, you know, Donald Trump, yeah. right? Um, you know, as, as good of a friend as he has been to Israel up until this point, moving right. the uh, embassy to Jerusalem, recognizing it as the capital of, of Israel, um, you know, recognizing the Golan Heights uh, and, and allowing, you know, I say allowing, right? Who, who is he to allow <laughs> Israel to annex anything? Yeah. Um, but, but doing these things, and I think doing these things in order to gain favor, with the leadership here in Israel to then unveil the plan that just came out. And so I'm interested in your thoughts on, on the plan itself and, and what the, the road ahead looks like. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, you know, you know, pardon the expression, but Christianity, you know, it's funny how people are, you know, we're, we're so radical nowadays that we're not even using the term Christianity. I, I, I pray for me, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but I think that, that part of this, uh, we're not going to be able to get away from that term, but because it's, it's on us, what we have to do is we, we need to, to restore what we started. A good name. A good name. Amen. We need to restore a good name to us. And part of that is, is that is the, for me, is not compromising. Uh, I, just, I just wrote something down a while ago that no man, no great man in history is going to be remembered uh, or is remembered or has been remembered because of compromise. Not, I mean, there, there's been some, obviously, some men remembered because of horrible uh, situations. Like, but, like the Oslo Accords. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the, yeah, so the, the, the man, uh, Martin Luther King was a great man. Whatever you feel about Martin Luther King, you know, as, as, as a person or whatever, but he, he was great. Why was he great? Because he, he opposed the idea that the black man had to go and, and, and kill or murder the white people in his neighborhood in order to get a voice. There was not, everybody wasn't feeling that way. But he, and maybe at times he wanted to, he, wanted, he was angry at the white, the white uh, race and all the things that were happening. And I grew up in the South, so it was, uh, you know, it was not even then wasn't uh, such a nice place for for black people, uh, but the idea that that we can negotiate or even discuss or talk to people that want to murder other people, uh, and and it seems odd that we would even be having these conversations. And and for me, 
the, the peace plan was, um, even though it was radically far better than, than Bush's plan, the roadmap, to Obama's plan, to the plans that were, that were given before, uh, radically different because most of these things, because we know that the Palestinians or the Arab communities here had the, had the opportunity to get 98% of the, of the land back to them and refused it. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God that they, that God was not going to allow it to happen. Even, even if we agreed to it or even if the Israelis agreed to it. So the, the, the reality is, is that after 53 years since 1967, uh, after 72 years since 1948, we, we have to make, we're, we're at a critical crossroads. There needs to be a leader. And I think that leader should be Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. I think it should be, if it, there's no other president, if you think about it, what other president would have the courage? Yeah. And I, mean, I know this is offensive, but, but even Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan had, Reagan had, uh, people advisors in his in his cabinet that hated the Jewish people, right? The Mitchells and the people that were there were people that were um, that were uh, you know very anti-Semitic, and you can go back and look at the history of people that were. But Donald Trump is the is really the first time that we ever see somebody that could make the right decision, and who's going to go down in history as as being the great man? It was Truman. Truman was Truman was the right. reading a book called The Accidental President. Uh, Truman was the accidental president within a hair's breadth of never being president at all, a hair's breadth of not being president at all and never, and was, and you never hear him making a comment, especially his wife ever making a comment that they actually wanted to be president. Yeah. But yet he's going to be remembered because he did the right thing. He did the right thing. And so Donald Trump is not going to ever be remembered because not going to be in this, in this plan can't be remembered in a good way historically because you and I know right now that if this plan, if this state right where we're sitting right now, if we look out our window, and we see a Palestinian state established. There's no good thing that's going to come from that. Yeah. Actually I would be looking out the window and I think the tree line that I see right there yeah. would be a Palestinian state. And so just a couple quick facts. And I actually got these from uh, Joshua and Luke, um, Joshua Waller and Luke Hilton uh, they have their own podcast, the Joshua and Caleb report. I recommend you check out this past week's episode. It's a very important one specific to this topic. Um, but I want to give you just a couple quick facts. We're sitting in uh, a community called Harbacha, which is up on the Mount of blessing. That's right. The same Mount of blessing that, uh, Joshua stood on and, uh, they did the blessings and the cursings, Mount Ebal and, uh, and, um, Mount Gerizim. So we're sitting here in this place, right? So this is where the Bible stories happen, right? What's in between those two things? Shechem, right? The place where uh, Joseph is buried, the place where uh, Jacob bought a field there. So the, we're, we're sitting where the Bible stories are, are, are stored and what they are, or were, were written, were recorded. These are the, the current events of those days. They happened here where we're sitting. Where Abraham came. Where Abraham came, right? We went to Alain Marais, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my mind is blown. I, I'm going to do a separate podcast probably on all the stuff that we did because I just... Man, I mean, if I wasn't, I've always been an advocate for the land, even just because I read it, right? Yeah. But but now I've been here, right? That's a whole other ball of wax. So right. I, I'm 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 an advocate for for get your your behind over here. 
Um, but where we're sitting is one of 15 communities that would be considered an enclave. And what they would do is they'd basically take all of the access roads except for one and cut these communities off. They'd have to drive down uh, most of them to the Jordan Valley if they wanted to get to Jerusalem, which means going all the way around the Palestinian state, taking a you know a 30-minute drive to or a 15-minute drive to Alam from here into, what, three hours or something like that? Something crazy. But what it does is it takes the Jewish people, the pioneers of Israel, the ones that believe the promises of the Bible. We're not talking about people that are just living here as citizens of Israel that are just complacent as anybody else in the world. We're talking about the people that, just like you and me, are studying God's word and are believing the promises and taking action on them. Those people would be surrounded by enemies and would essentially turn their communities into uh, into ghettos is I think the j- word that Josh yeah. used because what do you what do you call it when you take a bunch of Jews right you stick them in one place and then you surround them with a bunch of people that hate them and you stick a fence around it they call it a ghetto so I mean I just think that is that a good characterization of the plan yeah I mean yeah. that's a, you know it is if you could look at that if you because what else could it be you know what else it is in the fifty three years in the seventy two years and even before that really what were the 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 rhetoric the jihad uh, theology ideology yeah, right. that was coming from these camps here was all about destroying obliterating the the Jewish or the Zionist regime yeah um, now if they're successful in obliterating destroying completely annihilating Israel. You know, and I and I hate to say this because I'm such a, I'm already part of this, but but the rest of the world is next. That's correct. We're yeah. gonna we're the rest of the world is going to be the next target unless you're a Muslim. And yeah. if you want to you want to convert to Islam right now, you could be saved from that from that scenario. Um, but that's not what's going to happen here. That's not what there's going to be people that be that's going to raise up. Yeah. And so the question is for those listening to your podcast right yeah. now. The question is, what do you what do you need to do? You need to list, li- keep listening to podcast. Is that is that what God's called you to do? I'm a podcast listener. You know that's what that's what I do. I listen to podcasts. <laughs> no, you need to get your rear end up right now. I mean, get your and I wish I could say it in the more in the most coarse way. Yeah. Right now, get get up, get up right now and do something. Yeah. Right. Uh, there are things that you can do. You have a congressman right now. You have a senator right now that if you set a meeting in, in, in Tampa, in Orlando, or anywhere in Florida, I've met with a bunch of the guys in Florida um, and, the, and the, uh, the new governor. What's his name? Uh, Ron DeSantis. Yeah, so I've met with him several times. He's awesome. Back when yeah. he was a congressman. And uh, so this, these people are waiting for you to sit with them and talk to them about your experience here yes. or about what's happening to Israel. They are, you are a constituent yeah. and you need to, and on that level, you need to do it. We need to be talking about it. Let's drop uh, the discussion about our, our sports idols. Yeah. Let's drop that and, 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 and change it into a biblical uh, discussion yeah. about what's happening in the, in the world today. And the thing is, is that, you know, you, you know, when it, when it gets in this place, because really, and it's funny, Ryan, uh, I say this, and please, you know, don't throw things at me. But honestly, when Obama was in office, Hayabel prospered. Yeah, 
And and the reason why is is because Obama uh, was it was he he was a good villain for yeah. Israel. He was a good villain. Uh, right now, what we're what we're running into is a problem because Hayyavel is trying to be. We've been commissioned by the state of Israel to be uh, a liaison to the rest of the world. We work with the Ministry of Strategic Affairs now. We are part of this advocacy program that Israel wants to get out to the rest of the world, and yet we're looking at a, a, a Christianity, and they're just sitting there because we've got now we've got Trump in office, and he's the friend of Israel. Right. Well, and and not to say anything negative about any other ministers or ministries, but anything you hear from a pulpit other than believe the word of God, God says don't divide my land, then you would have a correct perspective to understand that anything with the number two before the word state or three or whatever, right. any number other than one solution, because <laughs> right. really the only solution is a one-state solution, one where Israel is being a good steward of the responsibilities that God has given them and, and, and stewarding the land here as the, the authority over the land. Because ultimately, they're responsible to God after that. And so if they were to you know, commit atrocities or anything like that, they are, they're responsible to God. But our job is to get behind God's plan. Yeah. Right? Yeah, just, absolutely. Just, right. Absolutely. And I think that one of the worst things, and if, if you said this, you need to fall on your face right now. Yeah. If you say uh, that... Uh, you know, God's in, is in control, and He's gonna, He's gonna, no matter what I do, He's He's gonna make it happen. He's gonna do it. Happen. Now, you know, to say that that's not a right statement, um, you know, it's probably is a right statement. But I'm gonna tell you, those who those Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah says that those who stand against Jerusalem are going to experience something really horrific. Uh, their skin's gonna fall off. Their their eyes are gonna come out of their mm-hmm. head. Their tongue's gonna melt in their mouth. And then later on, if you make it through that Holocaust, you're gonna you're gonna end up. Um, and you're still standing against Jerusalem, then you're not going to get rain for your crops. You're going to die a horrible, uh, you're going to live a horrible re- reality, you're going to die a horrible reality. And the, 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 the thing is, is that we have to, we've got to, we've got to, to step up. We've got to get this, this, uh, this thing that God is doing right now. And, I, and I, even as we say, um, even as I say and, and describe this, this horrible reality, we're battling with indifference, right? And that indifference, God's not going to have sympathy on the indifferent. Yeah, He's going to have. He's going to. He's going to say the opposite of that is not is standing against. Is is that you have to stand with Jerusalem, right? You've got to stand with you, even if two thirds of the city's dead or whoever, whatever's happening, whatever battle we're going. Can, can you imagine all the Maccabees? We're gonna we we just celebrated Hanukkah back in you know just a couple of months ago. Uh, we just observed that that time, all the Maccabees died. You know, we oh. don't tell you that. Yeah, all the Maccabees died for the cause. They were looking and hoping for, and we celebrate their we celebrate their lives because we saw the temple restored. Amen. We saw it restored. That's right. But they all gave up their lives it to is. see it happen. And may we see the temple restored in our day. Amen. Yeah. No matter I mean, what the cost. I, no matter what the cost. I was uh, um, I was on the Temple Mount yesterday, and uh, that's an experience that I'll never forget and that I don't think that uh, I think everyone should. Uh, you know, I, I it, it's funny. I, we, my family, we foster, um, and a lot of people who listen to this, this podcast know that. 
Um, and we've had a foster child come to our home and stay for a year and leave. And that's, I don't recommend that for anybody, yeah. right? Because as much as we understand the purpose of our fostering, it's reunification, giving that child, you know, back or, or you know, strapping them into a car seat, praying over them, kissing them and shutting the door and watching yeah. driveways, not a fun experience. But, you know, fast forward now, we've had a foster child for two years and we just finalized the adoption with her. Nah. And so that experience that I had previously, the joy that I have today is a sober joy because I understand the gravity of what's at stake with, with that adoption. Well, I've seen the Temple Mount now and I've seen rock piles on their sides. I've seen, you know, the walk up there. I've seen the desolation for my own, my own self. I've seen it. And so when we get to see the restoration, it'll be that much better. So I almost want people to come and see it today, be part of coming and being a witness to say, hey, look, because then when we get to say, once it's restored in its full glory and the glory of God comes and dwells in that place in, in our father's house, how much more awesome is that going to be? Because we've seen the contrast, you know, it's not just some, yeah. oh yeah, okay, yeah, oh look, the Jews rebuilt the temple. It's it's a house of prayer for all nations. Yeah. I'm from the nations, you know? Yeah, and then the, the, but Yeshua also says that blessed is he who believes and doesn't see. That's right. And uh, so the reality is, is that not everybody is going to be able to be here. Um, it was a fluke. I mean, I mean, honestly, in, a, in the natural yeah. Obviously, in the supernatural, it's not a fluke. It's For not. Sure. A, it's not a, a coincidence that I was that I got here. But I was living in an Amish community. I was making maybe twelve thousand dollars a year, <laughs> living off you know what I grew in a garden. Yeah. You know, um, uh, almost sixteen years ago now, and but God miraculously brought me here, and then was able to get my whole family here based off that. There's no way that they, that could happen. Um, and I'm not saying what I believe, Ryan, is, is that we have to be coming back with the, with the spark because as you, you know, and visualize this just for a second, if a, if a leader in the, in, in, in central Florida, if just one of those leaders would begin to get a hold of this and start preaching the kingdom in his, in his congregation, somebody that has the, the co-op, the strength to be able to do it. Uh, it's a game changer. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he's going to get a lot of resistance to it, but, but there's going to be another church that's going to get it and another congregation that's going to get it. And, these, these, and then all of a sudden there's momentum and there's going to be a kingdom move. There's always going to be resistance and there's always going to be opposition. But, there's, but these pastors, right, right now we're, we're, most churches are suffering from from uh, people just leaving. Yeah. And now we're inundated with the, with the internet that gives us all this information. People are going into Buddhism or, or they're going into paganism, uh, paganism. Yeah. yeah. They're witchcraft or whatever. Uh, Florida is probably the capital of witchcraft, uh, oh, whatever man. is going on down there. Yep. Um, so, but they're, they're looking for something. They're looking for God. They're not looking for something that they can't touch. What Hayyavel is bringing is, is a touchable reality oh, to yeah. the kingdom of God. And you went up there yesterday. You're sitting here in these vineyards right now. We're seeing the battle. There's no, there's no you know, you look at the UN. The UN is, is, is desperately fighting against, not against Israel, against yeah, God. Absolutely. And then where are we going to stand in that? They're not fighting against 
the UN's not coming against Islam. They're not coming against uh, Buddhism. They're not coming against paganism. They're coming against those who are standing with the God of Israel. That's right. That's they're it. Going, 100%. They're against my king is what they're against. Yeah. Amen. So in that sense, we have got to rise up. Yeah. We have got to start doing it. I, it's interesting because I, I haven't, I'm not a social media person per se. And I just in the last, probably last year and a half, I actually got on it because I realized that I could, I could basically, if you, if you, if you follow me on, on social media, you'll, you'll know that basically all I do is I go to the high Uvel, or Luke sends me the, the high Uvel, or even not even me, somebody goes onto my account and posts the high Uvel material on right. my account. And everybody reads that or, or people can, some of all my friends can read that, read that post. It's basically just a way of getting things out there. But I realized something very extraordinary, and you don't have to, it doesn't take long to realize this, but if I put a picture of my grandchildren on there, um, I literally could get thousands of likes. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but as soon as I put something about Israel on, on social media, boy, it is everything they can do to hit the, to pass it on or to share it or yeah. to, and what is it saying about us? Mm. Really, as a you know, the systemic problems that we have, you know, it's really like we're we're worried about this this pandemic, you know, this virus that's going around. Uh, nobody wants to touch it. It's almost like that we're part of that of a virus that nobody wants to touch. Yeah, and we're not going to be able to. And we got to get out of that. There's got to be people that listen. Those of you that are listening to this, you, you're you're afraid to go and and share. Yeah. We Haivel is sending out all kinds of stuff. Contrary, unfortunately, contrary to a lot of Christian things that are going out there right now. Um, but these messages have to get out there because we we're behind. We're not we're not in the place where we we would take Yeshua and make him king by force. Yeah, we're not we're not even close to that right no, now. We're not not close. So we got to get that. We've got to get out there and we've got to do something. And it's got to be outside the box. Outside the building that we built, our building is just a gathering place to, to create the explosion of righteousness, the explosion of holiness, the explosion of expectation, the explosion of hope yeah. for the whole world. Amen. And then that's Jerusalem is the joy of the whole earth, right? That's I mean, it. That's the desire of all nations. The desire of all nations. Wow. You know, and, and to your point about the... Um, the lack of, of fortitude that people have about it, a part of it is because there's such a strong opposition in the media. And, you know, standing on the overlook, overlooking the tomb of Joseph, um, who looking over Shechem and looking at beautiful homes, yeah, beautiful apartments, all, I mean, just, just these, this great looking city, right? <clears throat> and I see where the outpost is at the beginning of the city where you go in. And the big red sign that says, hey, uh, yeah. everybody and anybody can come in here, just no Jews, yeah. no Israelis, okay? And no, you know, <laughs> not just no Jews, but under the, the fear of, what does it say? Your uh, life. It's dangerous yeah, your to life. your life. Yeah. Endangering to your life. Yeah. And that says a lot. A sign that's already there that says, if a Jew goes into this place, he'll get killed, yeah. murdered. Well, that's a statement. It should, it should, well, that and the charter for Hamas and for the PA, all that we don't have time to get into right right now. But um, I do just want to make the point that I look down there and I see just like any other city, right? There's different areas. And there's an area in this city that looks 
probably a little more run down than the rest of the city. And I would say this is probably 10% of the city. If I'm, I'm looking at it, on, I'm on top of a mountain overlooking it. So I see the city. And the, the conversation is about, hey, this is where the media goes and takes politicians and, and you know, leftists and people that, and this is where they take their pictures and stuff. And, you know, there's parts of Tampa that are worse than what I was looking at from, from there, you know. And I just, I, it's very frustrating because of the narrative on the other side. And so um, those of you that are listening to this, um, and, and if you're getting anything from what Mr. Tommy is saying, um, I'm inspired by being here. And so I would recommend that if you, if you have the ability to, they have opportunities, you can go to hiovel.com, H-A-Y-O-V-E-L.com, hiovel.com. People come here from all over the world. So those of you that are listening in Gibraltar or France or wherever you're at, you can come here and they will welcome you because there's really only one qualification, right? You just want to have to come here and want to serve the Jewish people, right? You just want to come and restore God's land. That's the qualification. And uh, it's a very rewarding experience. And like I said, I think I'm going to do a separate podcast just going over my experience here because it has been an awesome experience. The hospitality here is wonderful. Um, The staff here is such good servants. Um, There's such a... Uh, an atmosphere of righteousness, not the type of righteousness where people are looking down on you, but where they're, they're, they're just being righteous. And that's just such a comforting and warm feeling for me, especially um, with the way that I want to lead my family and, and whatnot. Um, but, um, but God bless you guys, man. I just, I'm just so excited to be here. I'm so thankful that you guys have this opportunity for people to come. And now I've, I've seen it for myself and it really is everything that everyone says it is, you know? Well, Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Bet Tehila. Um, you guys, you've been a uh, real source of inspiration to us and all of the people that have come in there or come from there. And, um, you know, I, I see their faces, all their faces, even right now going before my, in my head right now. What a, what a blessing. And I know if I know anything, I know that they're, they're listening uh, right now, and a lot of them are weeping because yeah. they want to be here so badly. No doubt, uh, you guys have a special. Uh, a sp- you're doing a special thing in that congregation, and uh, and a real, uh, a real example of the way it should be. You know, I know you. You know, everybody there would say that it's not 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 the perfect place. Yeah, on the inside, uh, right? You know, for sure. We're all, but you know what? It, it neither was David, and neither was any of the. You know, Peter was. He was down for the count. We got so many down for the count stories, um, and the the reality is is that the, the the thing that they all shared was a zeal for the house. Yeah, they had a zeal for that place. They had a zeal for to to be in one accord and uh, to be uh, in a place where they were coming together. The whole first five chapters of Acts was about people that were coming together, and 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 really the scary part about that was. Uh, is that they, that became so holy that those that would even dare to come against that were just wiped out. Yeah. And, and boy, wow. that's a fearful, that's right. That's a fearful place. And yet something we want to, we yearn for oh, man. to be a part of something so righteous, so holy uh, that, that uh, the power of God can manifest it. And that, and that's the, the missing key. Our, our ideology, our theology um, is somewhat important. But if it doesn't produce power, if it doesn't produce the the uh, the gifts of the spirit, if it doesn't produce because all of that, uh, the power of the Holy, you can do a whole podcast on the what what is the the what is the Holy Spirit's purpose? Yeah, uh, and I can get, and I can tell you that it's all about 
um, building Jerusalem, building Israel. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we've drifted away from that. And the reason why that our Israel message is not taking hold and the reason why we don't, we're not effectively giving the message or being able to get the message out there is because the power of God has not been manifested yet. And so we've got to pursue it together in one accord, in one place. The Holy Spirit ignited when that happened uh, in the, you know, in the, in the, the day when the uh, when Pentecost or when Shavuot had fully come, right? Uh, we saw the power of the Holy Spirit fall like it's never fallen since then. Wow! Yeah. And so we're going to be we're, we we have to get in this place in the, in the place in Jerusalem in one accord again to see not in Brownsville, sorry, yeah. yeah. Florida is always you know not in not in Orlando. We're always trying to get it. We're always trying to get that place you know again. So we can see the power of the Holy Spirit fall, but really, God's saying, "No, you're gonna have to come where my name is, and we're gonna be one to, together in one accord to change the whole world." The power of God has to be manifested, Amen. and we're not gonna see it through our ideology. Uh, we're gonna see it through the power of God. Amen. We're gonna see it through the power of God through the Spirit, and uh, and that's the the message of Zechariah and all the prophets, and the message that our Messiah came Amen. to give us. Wow. Well, Mr. Tommy, thank you so much. I mean, this has yeah. been an awesome honor for it's me to good. sit. and. I hope to get down there. I hope to, I hope to get down there soon. Yeah. We've been talking about it. We always, uh, always uh, have this hope to get down to Florida. Um, but we're going we're gonna to really try to make it happen and, and hope Sherry and I will be able to come down there and just kind of, you know, just, just hang out yeah. for a while. I'm that counting be, on it. That'd be that'll great. That'll be good. Be, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to we're gonna have to make it work. That'd be good. Um, if you uh, want to reach out to me, guys, as always, you can reach me at ryan at twopraise.net. That's R-Y-A-N at twopraise.net. Um, if you guys wanted to uh, live stream the services over there at Beit Tehila, you can do that at twopraise.net or on any of our social media platforms, YouTube and all that. Um, but uh, if I leave you with one thing, I just want you to uh, just turn towards Jerusalem. Look to Jerusalem with hope because because your redemption draweth nigh and you look up to the hills because that's where your help comes from. And that hill is a holy hill. It's Mount Moriah. It's Jerusalem. It's the Temple Mount. And uh, God bless you guys. Have a great week.